I woke up around 6.30 a.m. and it's just, I don't know, it was super cold. It's like 15 degrees outside. Jeez. Yeah. But I, I got I got sleep. Went to bed around 10.30. Okay. Yeah. Decent amount. Decent amount. And then um, this morning I watched the Sonic trailer. I try to keep myself entertained with some things, but then yeah. I started going into what other people thought about it. And it generally, I think the community is really excited. It looks way better. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like looks like it should have originally. I mean, it it's like the real character. It's not some uh, live action remake of it. It's it's. I mean, it's pretty pretty accurate to what the character actually is. Yeah, and the tone of like when Sonic is talking, and I look at Sonic, I believe it. Yeah, just kind of like how I believe when Jim Carrey is talking. Like, there's a crazy man. <laughs> there's someone who's who's insane. Who's well? He's very animated, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited that uh, Sonic looks way better now. I think I think it looks like all the tones match, and I mean, it's not a realistic type character mm-hmm. as far as like the aesthetic of it. But I th- I think as long as they keep leading into it like they are now, I think it looks fine. I don't think it needs to look hyper realistic, or the fur needs to look like an actual animal. Hmm. Well, and now that they've done a redesign and everyone's happy about it. Yeah. Are you going to see Sonic? I mean, I'll probably, I'll probably see Sonic. Yeah, we're going to see it. And so everyone knows we're going to see it on Netflix. We're not going to the theaters. <laughs> Red box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, all the all the changes they made, people are going to be upset. Oh, no. No one came to see it. Exactly. Great fans. Yes. You know. Anyways. Hello, everyone. Welcome up to the Summon Up podcast. This is where we talk about movies hedgehogs shows games whatever the heck we want you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, anchor and youtube i'm joined by my good friend john and i'm chris uh and we're your co-hosts for the day john how you doing i'm doing pretty good chris how are you doing well as you could tell a little tired today but we're gonna power through it you know no big deal anyways it's got a lot of cool stories today um but they're mostly Star Wars. This is a huge Star Wars. We're just in the mood. We're feeling it. We're electrified it by it. Much how Jim Carrey's electrified by one strand of the hedgehog hair. You know? Oh, yeah. When he has the hair in it, like, let's Tying up that, or tie up that uh, cold open over the main story. Well, you know, callback. Yeah, there you go. Classic. Classic. All right. So... This first story today is about Anthony Daniels. And if you don't know who Anthony Daniels is, he's the he's the guy who plays C-3PO. He is C-3PO. <laughs> the way he talks, yeah. Brit- the British comedian and has played C-3PO in every single movie. He's great. He's very funny and delightful. But he, uh, he did an interview recently uh, with Express Online, which is, uh, I believe it's an English. It's an english website independent website and daniel's just promoting his new book he wrote about uh that's called that he wrote called imc3po and discuss the general thoughts and his recent treatment in the released films uh one of the quotes we're going to go over it says he says well yes i do understand why the fans are unhappy it speaks to a devotion that they care so much and that they mind if someone messes with it I understand people being critical of the films. 
I know it has been particularly difficult for Mark Hamill lately because the new movies haven't given him much to do. I certainly recognize that and can relate to it. In the new movies, I felt like a table decoration. And that is difficult because I recognize the character C-3PO is worth so much more. But I understand a whole film, not a feature about C-3PO. And that it is my personal disappointment. I get paid whether or not he does anything, but it would be nice for him to have a purpose. So, with that quote, John, do you think Anthony's thoughts are an isolated situation because of his character's roles, or do you think this is a result of Lucasfilm's lack of concrete direction? No, I mean, I I think that they tried to balance the original trilogy characters with these new trilogy characters, and in doing so, probably put that original trilogy a little bit more on the back burner than I think some people would have wanted. I mean, they're the, they are Star Wars for so many people, and so for him just to kind of be standing in the background and not be as integral to the story, I think with the way they wrote, especially The Last Jedi at least, I think they probably could have explained it a little bit more, or, I mean, it didn't seem like they... I think, I think it's probably a mix of both, where they didn't really have a concrete direction of how they wanted to fit the old trilogy into this new story, at least with the Ryan Johnson movie. Um, now, it seems like he has a much more integral role in the new in the new movie, The, uh, the Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty excited about. Um, but I think, tonally at least, they had a hard time balancing the new with the old and making everybody happy, which... When you're tying up a, a trilogy of films that have spanned 30 plus years, it's going to be nearly impossible to do. So I understand the challenge, but I, I get it. He he really didn't have as much of a role as he probably could have, potentially should have. And he also wants he he himself is invested in this trilogy and this in this franchise. So I know he has a personal stake and and wants to be involved. And he feels so passionate about his character and the role that it's played in the past. I don't know. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give the le- the studio less credit on this. I'm gonna say that's not an isolated incident. I think this is totally the new directors and new direction not being more. Uh, what's the word? More more in tune with what the fan base thinks about these characters. Yes, C three PO is that a lot of people's favorite character? No. Is it a force user? No. But it's comedic relief. You know, even after the Mandalorian showed last night, you, they said like, "Hey, want to watch Empire Strikes Back?" And even though I didn't watch Empire Strikes Back, I watched A New Hope, and I got to see, I watched like C three PO's character and the comedy and the quips he has with R two D two, and that's just kind of thrown out the window in this new trilogy. And where I know you're trying to instill new characters and give them those quips, it wasn't consistent. And C-3PO is just a placeholder, like a table decoration, as he described it. And there's not a lot of thought put into that, which I find is disappointing. Kind of like how they point out, like, hey, here's Chewbacca. Han Solo just died. And he walks right past General Leia. And General Leia and uh, Rey have a hug. Mm-hmm. And it just makes no sense. It should be Chewbacca and Leia hugging. Something to to do that callback, so... I I understand Daniels is being. I think Daniels is trying to be very diplomatic here. Yeah. Very, you know, 
understanding and in this but i think it is a complete lack by directors management whatever you want to say in this idea of like myth this is how it should flow so uh, uh well it, it I, seems I think, like he's probably more in tune with the fans than some of the executives and directors have been oh i would absolutely believe that oh yeah he's got to be in yeah tune i mean he's he's at all the conventions i'm i'm assuming i mean, I mean he seems like he is very knowledgeable of where the fans stand what they want he's he's out there with the people every day almost i mean this is it's who he is in a sense and so he wants to uh satisfy the fans as much as he can i think there's a little bit to that but also he's playing c-3po he knows what c-3po is going to do kind of like with han solo where when they did that line in uh empire strikes back where you know he gets frozen in carbonite and yeah leia says i love you and he says i know that's ad-libbed by harrison ford harrison ford is like han solo would say this and george was like eh, i don't know about that and he's like trust me and they did a take and it, it absolutely worked mm-hmm. it's one of the it's one of the better things in that movie that dialogue wise where you're just so thrown at it like this is han solo but uh going back to more of what daniel's comments on the fan base was daniels was shocked by the toxicity of fans in the response to the sequels he told fans to believe in the ethos of Star Wars because to be cruel and venomous goes against them. And this is really his comments about uh, the more the, the past recent few years with Disney acquiring and everything. And also beyond that with the prequels. Uh, he was critical. And he said he was critical of the prequels, but he understood the story was quite complicated. With And that makes sense because how are you going to have... It's a movie that George Lucas says was for kids, but it had tax Trade negotiations. Trade negotiations, taxes, you know, political intrigue. Ooh. Yeah. Assassination. So, uh, yeah, he, he, at least he understood that. Uh, Daniels even commented that he believes Lucas deserved an Oscar to Star Wars, which he's not part of the guild, so he'll Mm -hmm. never get that. But... Yeah, it poses my question like do you think if lucas was still part of that that he is deserving of an oscar at this point probably not i think at the time with how new and innovative star wars was when it came out i would say it probably should have been under consideration um but it seems like it's this is at least the original trilogy was the type of franchise that has gained so much more of a following over the years um, that I think originally, because I mean, the original trilogy wasn't even supposed to be a trilogy. It was supposed to be a single movie, uh, Star Wars, uh, that because of the fan base, I think blossomed into what it is today. So initially in that first year or two of opening mm-hmm. with, um, I definitely don't think that it had the momentum to gain an Oscar, uh, but then with the three, two to three years in between each of these films and the original trilogy, it had time to develop and to to gain that fan base that I think if if those movies were to come out today and it had the same kind of cultural impact it does because of social media and word of mouth and to the degree that those things are today, I think it would probably have gotten at least uh, a nomination for an Oscar. Um, but I don't think... I don't think originally that it could have. I think because of the limits of technology and how long it takes for word of mouth to spread back then. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I, I don't think he could get like a pop, like a, um, an Retro- Oscar. Oh, sorry. Like a retroactive Oscar. Yeah, exactly. That's the word. Um, I, and I, I don't think any of the new, new trilogy films really deserve an Oscar. No. Because they're just echoes of that original trilogy. Plus those are, those are done by Disney. So he can't really get too much film credit for it. Um, I mean, it's based off his property. Yeah. They, bu- they bought his property, but he didn't do any work on those. I, I think with the with the evidence of the prequels and the original trilogy, do I think he deserves an Oscar? I think he deserves all the special and technical effect Oscars. Uh, you know, soundtrack, John Williams, he deserves that, you know. But, you know, as far as Lucas has a director, I can't. I can't in good faith say yes, but I think he he should be deserving of a of an Oscar for screenplay, mm-hmm. but only for A New Hope. That's fair. And the reason there's a lot of thought he put into the movie, and he he had when he first did he wanted to do six movies, mm-hmm. uh, he, or he wanted to do the three movies, and then he thought of in the process of doing that the other three which would be about the wills of the force and all that weird stuff, which they get into more in a, like the clone wars TV series and, and more of the legends comics and, and novelizations. Yeah. And it, I think, I think he's definitely deserving of the screenplay Oscar, but as a director, absolutely not. I uh, just, so many other, so many other directors are able to pull way more out of a scene with less. Mm-hmm. Like he needs more and other directors, see less and pull out more i don't know i don't know like they i can't imagine a scorsese with these characters and i would like to see him coach them up to something bigger yeah and i think he had the vision to make this type of movie happen that i don't think many other directors could have so for for this ip to exist at all i think he deserves credit and recognition but yeah i think you're right the as far as directing goes and the um like bringing out the emotion and the nuance in the in the actors and the characters um there's not a whole lot of technical achievement in that it's more in the post-production and and like like you said the soundtrack and the things around the actors creating the environment yeah which is not all entirely him unfortunately yeah talented he gave us i'm grateful he gave us star wars but salt of the earth salt of the earth guy i allegedly but <laughs> give credit where credit's due but when discussing the rise of skywalker we're going back to the daniels interview he was very optimistic describing c-3po's roles he said c-3po has a major arc i am very satisfied with what i had to do in this movie and i am very satisfied with everything i know about this movie he sent and then he sends a message to all the disappointed fans that they should see this film because it is really rather good. Sounds like a very Daniels thing to say. It's very British. Really rather good. You know, I, I watched the, I watched the video on it, and it's just like it's, uh, 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 to the disappointed fans, uh, it's really rather good. See, <laughs> uh, this is very eloquent. Like he should ha- be having tea time at the same time. He's saying that, but John. Are you encouraged by his comments, or is this PR speak? Well, I mean, I think it can be a bit of both. I mean, he's been around long enough to know what to say and how to say it to get 
good publicity for a movie. He's a comedian. Yeah. First and foremost. Exactly. So. He's very uh, experienced in phrasing words and language. Um, I do definitely think it's PR speak because nobody wants to say anything negative about this movie post Last Jedi just to spiral things more out of control. I think they want to try and build as much hype as possible. But I do think he's being authentic and I think it is going to be a good movie. Uh, he's just trying to express that in the most authentic way that he knows how. Mm, I'm gonna, th- I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's more PR speak. Okay. I mean, I, I believe him that C3PO has a major arc, but I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for this movie, but at the same time, I feel so bad for these actors that they had to wait till this movie to get their shine time to shine like the story about the uh admiral akbar actor yeah from the last jedi which we've talked about in a previous episode yeah it's just i i don't know how this how kathleen kennedy like not her but everyone pulling the strings to get this done there's nothing wrong with doing fan service as long as it's done well yeah it's just it just stinks that c-3po got less screen time less meaning in the force awakens and in the last jedi because in the force awakens bb8 was that relief with his sidekick finn yeah like when when they're talking about go ahead tell them where the tell them where the system is the the resistant base and bb8's looking back at ray back at him oh it's <laughs> so funny but when c3po was introduced he's like look you couldn't recognize me because of my red arm i'm like oh come on well, and that whole uh, aspect of his character wasn't even addressed in the movies. It was it was addressed in, in a like a tie-in comic that nobody really ever read. But that was the most amount of character development he got from that movie was through this extra like novelization of things. Yeah, they need to get rid of this comic stuff. Oh, the tie-in to, to comics. Connect, yes, the tie-in comics that connect to the movies. Get rid of it. I'm mean, I just I, not well, enough people read it. Yeah, like it. Oh, it's a movie. Yeah. You know? And they put out the they put out the the Christmas special, you know, with Boba Fett and all that stuff, and then the the Ewok movies and all that stuff. Normal, normal people who like see that stuff, they're just like, what is this? You know, when are they gonna see the time? I still haven't seen the Clone Wars, all of the Clone Wars, I've seen clips on YouTube, I've done the same thing with Rebels, and I really wanna watch it. The more and more they tell me stuff, but then I also see dumb stuff in it that is like kind of kind of comic book based. Where I'm just like, man, I wish it was more serious. But I know it's for kids. Yeah, and I do have some good news for you. What's that? Because of Disney Plus, the Clone Wars and Rebels are all in one place now. I did see that when I was cruising through it yesterday, and I was thinking, do I need to start this right now? There's a lot of good stuff in the Clone Wars. I've seen it from start to finish. Um, some of the some of the story arcs I hear are really good. Some of them yeah. are like you could skip over. It there it's it's sprinkles of really good mature content um, mixed in with a whole bunch of filler and comedy for kids. Which I mean, like you said, it is it's a kid show. It's designed for young for a young adult uh, for a young audience. I mean. Um, but every once in a while, they'll they'll get a really good, deep story that you can really appreciate and sink your teeth into. And I haven't seen Rebels yet, but I think with it being on Disney+, Plus, I'm going to check it out. And I've heard really good things and how it ties in with the greater ideas of how the Force works. And um, Ahsoka Tano comes back in it. 
she's really involved in uh in the clone wars which i've seen some of her scenes and they're actually really dope like i the ahsoka tano stuff that they have in rebels is fantastic and the way they matured that character who walked away from the mm-hmm. order and came back yeah. the way they set her up as a mentor but also an outsider mm-hmm. is fantastic oh yeah it's it's such a unique perspective i think in that type of universe um yeah. definitely great uh, but I mean, speaking of, of Star Wars and everything, one thing that I've heard about is um, that I think the studio has recognized that they've they're just throwing all this content out, trying to get as many people to see these things as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think they've had, in their eyes at least, more misses than hits lately. So the studio, you think <laughs> you can't yeah. bat a thousand every time? Exactly. This isn't baseball. I mean, well, they're they're playing like baseball in the minor leagues right now. They need to they need to do better they're gonna i think they're gonna try and do some quality control because they lucasfilm has and disney have announced that they're going to there's going to be a hiatus um after or for the movies at least after the rise of skywalker now they're still going to put out all the tv shows that they're that they're producing for the disney plus series mm-hmm. um like obviously the mandalorian and which they're working on season two currently uh john favreau's writing it they've got the um the kenobi series kenobi series and the Rogue One prequel, plus the new season of uh, Clone Wars. Yep, season so seven, right? See, yeah, 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 season, season seven. So there's a lot of content still coming out, but as far as the main event movies, I think they're going to give a, a decent break for. Good. Yeah, I, I, I think as fans, well, I mean, between trilogies, there were, what, 10, 10 years between trilogies? Roughly 10 to 15 years. Well, no, no, no. no 10 15, 15 years or rather, no. I think 19, it was about 10 1983, years. 1983, Empire Strikes Back. So, and 1999 was Phantom Menace. So you're looking about 16 years. Okay. Between that and then, what is it? The Revenge of the Sith came out in 2005? Uh, well, that's episode, that's episode three. So yeah. Phantom Menace... Well, I, I mean, between each trilogy. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So you're looking at ten years. Yeah, ten from to fifteen the prequels years to the sequels. Yeah, which I think gives a new generation time to form to then appreciate the next trilogy of trilogy of movies that comes out, and it builds that anticipation. It lets technology advance to where they can do more things, brings new actors in, so they can bring like inject new talent. I. As much as I hate waiting, as as impatient as I am for movies, I have appreciated those hiatuses and those breaks they've put between these major event trilogies. Um, I'm not asking for ten, another ten years, but I think five. I, yeah, like I I want five. I think three three is as early as I would want, but five I think is a pretty solid number. Gosh, if we. If we get one after three years, gonna be like, I hope. I hope they put a lot of thought in. It. If they say, if they tell me that, hey, you know, we're coming out with a movie in twenty, what would be three years, like the end of twenty twenty two, and they say, but it's gonna be done by Kevin Feige, I'd be like, okay, I'd be like, I, I will, I will accept this. It'll, it'll, it seems like a deal. I'll start. I'll, I'll accept the announcement of production starting in 2022 okay for the foggy movie uh, uh yeah i'll accept that okay that that would be exciting but it i don't know with with everything that's going on yeah a hiatus is definitely needed 
You can I, focus on other things like merchandise, your TV shows. Yeah. As, as long as I don't have multiple projects going on at the same time, I can live with this. Like they made and they made the show The Resistance, mm-hmm. which has been showing. And I don't know anything about it. Yeah. I saw one trailer for it for the season two and it looked good. No, I saw two trailers. I saw the trailer for season one and it looked awful. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I looked at it and it was like the humor from Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. But like cranked up to 10. Yeah. And I was like, that is no way I'm going to be able to handle that. Like Sokka, like com- comedic relief Sokka, like the entire time is the main character. I can't do that. <laughs> I absolutely cannot. Yeah. That is definitely a caricature, I feel like, or an exaggeration of, of let's say, the Clone Wars and that type of, of humor and development. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see, especially the live action projects and how they're going to develop those and continue to expand the universe in, in time periods and areas that we haven't seen before. And I'm, I think I'm more excited about finally getting away from the Skywalker saga and developing new stories with new characters. And not that I don't like the Skywalker saga, but there's it's such a rich universe to explore that I, I'm very glad that they're finally taking the time to go in other directions and to see what else is out there in the galaxy a long time ago, far, far away. We'll see. We'll see when they get there. But um, do you feel like the movies lose their significance without a break? Or do you think they just need to write better stories? <laughs> I... I mean, I think that it can cheapen it over time and that because it has a history of these long breaks between trilogies that it it builds time to develop a lot of sentimental significance for people, um, especially like people my parents' age were around to really appreciate the original trilogy and uh, that the prequel series came out when I was a young kid and... I don't think I could appreciate it then as much as I do now, but um, it, like I said before, like it affects different generations in different ways. And so to just keep throwing content out, I think, I think it does cheapen it a bit. Um, and I think when you, when you continue just to keep throwing darts at the wall and hope that you get a, a bullseye, I think you do end up losing sight of the quality that you want to aim for. So I like with, uh, with solo, if they don't, manage the production well enough and and have a central vision of what they want to achieve you have behind the scenes issues like that movie had and everything just kind of falls apart and it loses a ton of money um yeah yeah i'd say it's a it's a probably a good mix of of lack of significance and lack of quality uh, i don't know it i was laughing while you said that because something struck a, a chord with me when you said not struck a chord, but there was something that immediately my mind went to when you said, and they need to set it up for every generation. Mm-hmm. And I just thought for the new generation, when they go to see a Star Wars movie, you know how Poe did like a phone call humor with Hux? Yeah. I just, my head hard cut to Poe like texting on a phone <laughs> in an X-Wing and he crashes into an asteroid and then it turns into a advertisement for don't text and drive. Oh my gosh. Which is really tragic. But, you know, that's what I got from that. That's fair. My mind went dark and it's just like, that's such an awful thing. But that's what the new generation needs, right? Is that where we're going? (laughs) Uh, Text and drive? These dang millennials. Dang millennials. It'll be for... Wait a minute. No. I know, Chris. It was was a joke. (laughs) Don't think too hard about it. Okay, boomer. Okay. (laughs) 
No, do you, is is it for Gen Z or is it for millennials? No, it'd be Gen Z. That's the next one. So 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 Gen X got Star Wars, the original yeah. trilogy. Millennials got uh, prequels, the prequels, and then Gen Z is getting the sequels. Yeah. Oh boy. So we might have to wait ten years then. I I, I really don't want want to think about that. As like I said, I'm super impatient. Good video game content, I'll be good. Yeah. And TV shows. If they're gonna set up, if they're gonna set up a grand saga, they better do it the Marvel way. Oh yeah. In my in my view. And kind of in the vein of speaking about making these for a new generation and and breaks between these movies, um, I found an interesting article about. Oh, um, no. If the original trilogy came out in a modern era, oh no, casting it and who would they get for each character? So I've got kind of the heavy hitters here, and you haven't seen this list. I've no, had, I haven't. Had it on my iPad, and I want to just read these names off to you, and I want to get your gut reaction. Some of these I think are okay. Some of them are garbage, and I don't know why they're on the list. My heart is sinking as you were speaking. So go, go ahead. ahead. Have low expectations. All right. So first up is Luke. So I've got um, the main main choice for the characters, and then a couple uh, under or like uh, backups. So mm-hmm. this is the main one, and I've got a couple. I've got three three people that could do it as well. Main one, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Tom Holland is Luke. Because we're going for somebody at that age range where they're like their late teens, early twenties. That's about how old Luke was supposed to be in the in the original series. Yeah. When I think of when I think of Luke Skywalker, I think of someone who's from the, the West Coast, like grew up in California, which isn't Mark Hamill from California. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Where I don't have, have his Wikipedia page in front of me. <laughs> yeah, I have the computer. I could look it up. Um, you know, Tom Holland. I take that. OK, I take that. All right. We're- so in less of a main choice here, uh, this is kind of a bit of an odd choice. Logan Lerman. If you don't know him, he's the uh, title character from, or the title actor from the Percy Jackson series, and he was also in Perks of Being a Wallflower. I had to look him up too. He's kind of ambiguous. Okay. Um, so he's an option. Also, and this is where it gets weird. Zach Efron. No. Nope. No. Cool. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe. No. Exactly. Look, we. This is a good representation Zac, of this list. Zach Efron with those abs, yes, would be great for Luke. However. Actually, Zach Efron does remind me of a West Coast person. Dang it. Zach Efron is more qualified that role than Daniel Radcliffe, who's a freaking wizard. Yeah. Who who it's space wizard, but you can't give it to Daniel Radcliffe. That's probably why they put him on the list cuz it's it's space wizards. No, he can't. It can't be Daniel Radcliffe. No. It could be Zach Efron though. Gosh, the more I think about it, the more I hate it. So oh. speaking of that, we're going to move on and Thank let you, you just mellow in that for a bit. Oh. So Leia is the next one up. All right. So main choice for Leia, uh, Saoirse Ronan. She's the actress from Lady Bird. She was in the original Hannah movie. Oh, okay. I know who she is. Yeah, I'm not crazy about that, but I think she's a pretty solid actress. She's I mean, a solid actress. I haven't seen enough of what she's done to really form an opinion. But mm-hmm. she's, I think she's got the talent. I Go on. Yeah. Okay. So runner-ups. Uh, Shailene Woodley. Who is she from? Uh, you know, you're talking to a baby when it comes to like actors. Like, I don't know. 
That's fair. So we're going to move on. Uh, Billy Lord. For those of you who don't know, this is Carrie Fisher's daughter. Okay. So anyways. I'm still going to say no. Okay, cool. Uh, (laughs) uh, In the vein of Tom Holland, Zendaya will just have a Spider-Man reunion. She's... You know what? Zendaya... I think she's too sassy for the role. I mean... Or or she could put up a wall. What do you mean a wall? I don't know. Maybe she could do it. I'm thinking like someone... Who, honestly, these are the people my brain is gravitating towards mm-hmm. for Princess Leia. Is Haley Steinfeld. Okay. Or at the more older choice, Rachel McAdams. Okay. They It seems like they could have like... The sass or the, I think it's the the pose, like the impa- like the empowerment of the character and like the the no, confidence. I definitely, I think confidence. They have the right amount of confidence because when I think mm-hmm. of Zendaya, even though she's great, I think she has too much confidence for the role. Fair which, enough. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, I think she could be better in a different role, like I, as a Han Solo. As a female Hansel, I think she would be fantastic. I can tell you right now, you've already cast better than the next two choices. So oh, these are the last two for oh, Leia. Oh no, uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Did you say Onion? Anya Taylor Joy. So she's in the new Mutants movie that may or may not ever come out. Well, you know what? So far, unimpressed with the choice. Fair enough. And the last one is uh, Ellie Fanning. Oh, I've heard that. If you know the Maleficent movie, she's Aurora in it. Oh. It's probably the most recent thing that she's done that's really well known. No, well, how did. All right. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what she's done. So I, I haven't seen her in that role. So I can't really give an opinion yeah. on that. So, so moving oh. on. Moving on. Han Solo. Oh, no. Main choice Richard Madden. Really? Yeah. Rob Stark. I'm going to have to say no. Fair enough. Um, next one's kind of interesting. Uh, Joe Keery, he's Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. I almost think he's too young. I don't think he's... He's really, not there yet. We haven't no. seen him. We we need him to be older for us to think. He's not gruff enough. Not Yeah, I would he's agree. He's not a scruffy nerve herder. I would, I would agree with that. Uh, the last one, bit of a uh, toss-up here, uh, Ryan Gosling ryan gosling as han solo he's definitely got the age for it he's got the maturity well he's got the age and maturity but i don't think he has the i I just don't he's not gritty enough yeah uh, ryan gosling is pretty but he's not like he's not gritty he's pretty but not gritty you can have one or the other harrison ford is a pretty man he, but he's gritty. Especially now. He 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 was a carpenter, John. <laughs> Ryan Gosling doesn't look like he can build a shelf for me. Ha, ha, like Harrison Ford does, and he can make a compartment to put my weed in it. Fair enough. Which so, is, which I don't I don't have weed. But the the point is that Harrison Ford built. That's it. Was his job in Hollywood was mm-hmm. is he would build compartments to for people to put the drugs into. So then, if we're gonna go off the vein of a carpenter, my choice is uh, Nick Jesus Offerman. Christ. I was going to say Nick Offerman. Oh, okay. But that works too. Oh, wait. Nick Offerman is Han Solo. I don't I don't think he could do it. So who would you cast? Uh, who would I cast? 
Um, I'm I mean, saying Riley Cooper. I. <laughs> Are we talking Bradley Cooper from? Oh uh, uh, yeah, Bradley Cooper. I said Riley like freaking dog. <laughs> Are we talking Bradley Cooper from uh, his most recent movie with uh, Lady Gaga? That type of gruff. No, I'm taking I'm taking Bradley Cooper from The Hangover. Okay, that's yeah. the type of person who could be Han Solo. I. I Okay, so if, if if we got Bradley Cooper from like 10 years ago, I think I could see it. I think he's, compared to the age of who we're casting for Luke and Leia, I think he's a little too old. So who do you take now? Well, you think he's a little too old. Han, yeah, Han Solo's supposed to be... He's supposed to be like 10 years older. Yeah, so who do you who do you take now then? If you, won't, if you won't take Bradley Cooper now, who do you take now? Look, Chris, I had notes for the names that I'm reading off. I don't have notes for potential casting here. No, take, take it off. I'm so unprepared. Take it off the top of your head. Oh my Come god. On. Um what you got? What okay, we're going to circle back to that cuz I can't I can't think of names off the top of my head. Oh my god. Daniel Craig, too old. Yeah, way too old. Yeah, we're not good at this. Daniel Craig could be Obi-Wan Kenobi though. Speaking of that. Oh gosh. <laughs> he's actually next on the list. Uh so Daniel Craig? No. <laughs> so the first choice for Obi-Wan uh these are all weird. Uh Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne? Yeah. You know what? I buy that. Okay. I'll take Lawrence Fishburne as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. I think... Yeah. I mean, I think he's got it. He's definitely basically in that role in The Matrix. Yeah. But his role in The Matrix is a mentor, but it's a mentor that's amazed by the power he sees. Mm-hmm. I feel like Obi-Wan Kenobi is a is a wizard who's like, you have this power and use it responsibly. Like, in, like a Ben from uh spider-man yeah uh uncle ben i see him as more of that kind of character but i think lord's fishburne could still pull it out okay i I, I buy that cool so we have have a positive review here uh next one on the list brian cranston i don't buy it yeah it even though even though he's an incredible actor i can't do it just because of his typecasting so far i'm sure he has the range to do it but he looks like someone who would be annoyed like by simple mistakes and i don't mean that in the casting i mean a character that he would play Mm -hmm. he's very he's the characters he plays are meticulous in their work and i don't see him having the patience for luke skywalker or zach efron yeah oh yeah so the last one for obi-wan is russell crowe what yep that was my my reaction to russell crowe russell crowe no nope absolutely not moving on Lee Schreiber is a better better choice at old Ben Kenobi. That might actually be better. So, C-3PO. I kind of agree with this one. Simon Pegg. Yeah, I buy that. Yeah. no, That's I'd... pretty good. That's that's a good casting. This is probably nope. the most spot-on oh, one on the list. Actually, you know who? Jay Farrow. Jay Farrow? Really? Yeah, I think he could do it. Okay. What do no, you think? I, no, I, I hadn't thought about that before, but that's... He's definitely got the voices for it um and the type of humor i feel like and he could he could do some he could do some languages that are he'd probably add like a lot of a uh, uh what is it a flair to many of the voices he does like yeah. the, the he, he'll do like um uh i can't think of the word right now yeah what, it, what happens when you in uh, imitate someone imitate or you impression know, impression when That's he does like impressions thing. yeah right <laughs> this thing is impressions i think he could go wild as c-3po that's fair or a droid so we got three more for c-3po uh 
First of the runner-ups, Tom Kenny, who I didn't re- recognize, but he's the voice of SpongeBob. So he's definitely done a lot of voice work. No, I can't. <laughs> you can't see SpongeBob as C-3PO? No. Okay. I, I just can't. So the next one is Hank Azaria. He does uh, a lot I, of the voice work on The Simpsons. Yes, I do know Frank Azaria. Hank? Or Hank. No, Frank. Hank. Hank. Hank the Frank. Hank the Frank. Sorry. Uh, um, I'm going to say no to that one. Okay. I, I, I just don't see it as a C-3PO type character. Going with your gut. Yeah, I respect this that. These are my opinions. I'm not wrong or right, but mostly wrong. Mostly. Uh, the last one is Bill Hader. Ooh. Yeah, I, I buy that. Yeah. I buy, I buy a Bill Hader. I think you, between he and uh, Simon Pegg, they're both pretty, pretty well suited for it. I think Simon... No, I think I think Bill Hader is more suited for it. Okay. Compared to Simon Pegg. But I would like Jay Farrell more. Fair enough. So Darth Vader. Oh. Yeah, bring it. Yeah, these are these are weird. Daniel Craig. <laughs> Close. Morgan Freeman. No. No. Absolutely not. The only reason I think he's on this list is because of his like <gasps> the gravitas of his voice. Oh, I got one better. Okay. Um uh Gary Oldman. Ooh, why weren't you making this list, Chris? Gary Oldman, because uh, the fifth element, his character looks bizarre. I hate it. But his motivation, when he screams, when he yells at the people he's in charge of, I feel it with him. I want that. Okay. And uh, his character in the book of Eli Mm -hmm. and the way he instills fear and his swagger. Yes. Gary Oldman for Darth Vader. Fair enough. Uh, the next one is Ralph Ineson, uh, which I didn't Ooh. recognize either. He's, if you've ever seen, um, uh, what is it? Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. I don't know. Okay, so he's he's a character called the Hunter on that, and he's just got this really intimidating, dark, gravelly voice. I have no idea. He does a lot of good voice work, let me tell you. Okay, well, I, which, I don't really know, so I, I, don't, I don't have an opinion on that one. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know if he could do it, but I think he's got a good voice. Um, next one's Ving Rames. Ving Rames. Ving Rames. It's like is that the brother to Roman Reigns from Wrestle Rames. From Wrestling? Reigns. No. Rames. You ever seen uh, Mission Impossible? No. Wow. Okay. Well, cool. We're gonna move on. Uh, Tobin Bell is the last one. Can you give me some people with real names? To- I feel like you're throwing out people's names from Star Wars. This is Tobin Bell from the Mandalorian <laughs> system. Come on. So Tobin Bell is uh, John Kramer from Saw. He's Jigsaw. For a second, I thought we, we were going to say Kramer like from Seinfeld. I was going <laughs> to lose my mind. Nope. No, I don't watch scary movies either, so no Saw. Okay, well, I'm going to leave this up to our listeners to decide whether or not he would make a good Darth Vader. Let us know in the comments. I think I've chosen some pretty good people for these roles. I think you have, and I think you probably should have made this list. So who who else we got to choose? Uh, so, so, so I chose Princess Leia. Yes. I chose... You didn't like my choice for Bradley Cooper as Han Solo. No, I, I, I agree with it. I think it just you can't get, like, 50-year-old Bradley Cooper. I think you need hangover-age Bradley Cooper. So who do we take now? This was my question to you, and you dodged it, so bring it on. Uh, who do you get for Bradley? Or who do you get? For <laughs> yes, Han who do we Solo? get to play Bradley Cooper? Who do you get now? Um, someone in their thirties. Oh, 
in mid thirties. Who's <sighs> who's who's got this? Who's all right? So give me like descriptions. How would you describe Han Solo? Let me I, just vamp for a second. Han Solo is charming, arrogant, and you want to dislike him, but you love it. So go with me on this. What do you think about James Marsden? He's a, l- a little bit older than I think he probably should be. But I think he's got the charm. No. No? James Marsden, really? And he, he, he's he got the face shape. He's got the hair. He's probably got the slenderness for the Han Solo character. But he just... He seems too nice. I mean... Maybe. He, he did, like, if there's, oh, you know, the Rebel Alliance is trying to take on the Death Star. If we don't do anything, we're all going to die. He'd probably be like, you know what? I'm going to drop this money. I'm going to help you right away. I need this Han Solo to be like, no, I got to pay off my debts first before I deal with this Empire things. He's not going to do that. Marsden won't. Fair enough. So the last one on the list is Lando. Oh, no. A uh, couple interesting choices on here. So the first one is uh, Carrie Payton. If you don't know him, he's Ezekiel from The Walking Dead, and he is also the voice of Cyborg on all of the DC cartoons, at least the older ones, especially the Teen Titans. Hmm. I think he's definitely got the voice. He's got the charm. I think he's got the look for it. I buy that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a pretty good one. Um, the runner-ups. Uh, first one is Michael B. Jordan. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I like that choice. Yeah. You know what? Put him at number one. What? Yeah. Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> All right. So we got a good one on that. So Chadwick Boseman. Um, no. Yeah. Not charming enough. I think he's just got a... He's, he's got charismatic. A yeah. He's charismatic. He's not charming. I can't do it. At least in some of the roles. He's, he's more of a dramatic, serious actor, I think, than the charm that you need. Like Donald Glover, I think, did a really good job with it. Yeah, why don't we just put Donald Glover as Lando? All right. Let's because just... it's young Lando and old Lando. Well, just wait like 10 more years. Let's wait after that hiatus and put him in the How about... in Lando. How oh, about... Who else can you put? Is there another one named for There's Lando? one more. So uh, this one is probably one you don't recognize either, but his name is Michael Ely. Uh, if... Some of the shows that I recognized him from was The Following. He was uh, in Too Fast, Too Furious. And he was in that short-lived TV show called Almost Human. Uh He's done a lot of really good character work that I, he just hasn't... I, I don't think he's had a chance to really shine and get... I, I don't think he's had his big break yet. He's He's been mm-hmm. more of a TV actor than anything. Kind of like how Idris Elba just got his big, big break the past, like, seven years. Yeah. And he did... He was on the... He was on The Wire? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, know. this guy's got... He's, a, he's really, really talented, but I think he just doesn't a household name yet. You could do... Who could you do for Lando? Suave, charming. In a different way that there's Han. Because Han, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like Lando will, won't make fun of you for messing up. Han will. Well, if we're gonna go that route, just to put a spin on it for the last uh last uh name here, Jay Farrow. For Lando? <laughs> I I uh, I take that. Yeah, but I yeah. like him more as C-3PO. Yeah. I, the, the tough thing about it is, is that there's no, the actors get typecasted all the time. And 
I'm just drawing blanks on like famous people. I'm looking for famous actors to do these. Mm-hmm. Like how they got the Eckhart or whatever his name is to do Young Han. I thought they tried it. It worked okay in Solo. Yeah. But ultimately, uh, Donald Glover killed it as Lando. Yeah. And he's an established celebrity. And I'm just trying to think of people who are established to do that because even if it doesn't work out, like you'll at least get people to go see it even if they don't understand. Because even though you do have the name brand Star Wars, I want to see like what Marvel did with like, yeah, we're going to grab Samuel L. Jackson, even though he had to do it because it was in his clause when they used him for Nick Fury yeah. in the comics. And it's like, if you do a movie, I got to be in it. Robert Downey Jr., established actor out of the game mm-hmm. but established actor you got uh zoe zaldana as gamora yeah you have chris pratt you have bradley cooper playing a raccoon you have other people too as well playing these these big characters I, and chris evans i don't know how much you put that weight to it him being captain america i don't think there's as much but uh uh Benedict Cumberbatch. And Chris Pratt was really only known for his role on Parks and Rec. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy really was what gave him his start. Well, like, it really took him into being a household name. That's right. See, the biggest one on that that crew is Zoe Zaldana, then. Yeah. Either between her or Bradley Cooper. Um, I mean, so I I think they've they've done a good uh, job of balancing having these big names to draw the people in, but then also putting enough new talent in and focusing more on the talent of the actors and not just the name of them. Okay, let's go to Doctor Strange and Tilda Swinton, Benedict Cumberbatch. You know, those are those are big names. Yeah. At least for that movie property it is. Tom Holland uh, in Spider-Man, no name, great casting, done well, but they grabbed Michael Keaton as the villain. Yeah. Which, Michael Keaton as Darth Vader, pretty good. Michael Keaton is obi-wan kenobi he could do both he could do both he's done the batman he's done the vulture wait what are you thinking <laughs> spit it out chris <laughs> all right joaquin phoenix is darth vader he's in love with the suit because he was in the movie her so he's in love with his phone he can be in love with the with the siri voice that's ingrained in his suit complex character love it well that's a joke, by the way. Okay. Okay. I know it's very odd. I'm still, I'm still trying to think of, because you can't get over. I'm, I'm still debating who I want as Han and Lando. I'm, I'm just going through those. I need someone who could play James Bond, who could also be Han Solo. I think that that's a good way to describe it. Ooh. Oh shoot. What is his name? Um, he. I can't th- oh my god he was on Doctor Who um, this is really going to make me mad that I can't think of his name um, he was right after David Tennant um, oh my god okay forgive me I'm going to have to look this up because I, I can't uh, I, and for the record audience I don't watch Doctor Who you could say that I'm I'm the I'm the casual TV and movie person Matt Smith Matt Smith. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you could make a good Han. No. What? I, I have seen an episode with Matt Smith. I don't think so. Wow. 
You know who could be not tall enough though? Tom okay. Cruise. Make a good Han. Yeah, I think Tom Cruise could do it, but he's not tall enough. Well, yeah. He's what is he like? Five foot one? <laughs> no, that's what the jokes are. He's <laughs> like he's like five nine, something like that. Yeah, I mean he's got enough experience, I think, dealing he's with old too. Uh, like wizards and uh, mysticism from Scientology. <laughs> well and plus he he was the last samurai well that if he was ben kenobi that make more sense but no um so i'm gonna leave this up to the listeners uh write a comment leave a message uh let us know what you think would make good casting for any of these characters uh obviously we're having some trouble thinking about it so give us some more inspiration give us some more ideas let us know what you think i think we'll eventually get there if we try hard enough yeah, but now now we're just rambling, Chris. Uh, well, I'm the one who's throwing out names. We gotta Come. make good content, Chris. You give me a name. You still have yet to wow me. You can't handle the names. Uh, I don't even know half the names. I know. You gotta you gotta watch more content. Uh, you know, there's just so many hours in a day, and Pokemon is just too good. That's fair. Speaking of content, though. Oh boy. So we've got our Mandalorian review coming out here, uh, either today or tomorrow, depending on when we get done editing it. That's right. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Stay uh, tuned for that. And normally we do a whole uh, "what are you watching" kind of section at the end, but it, I'd say it's I'd say it's fair fair to say that uh, we're watching the Mandalorian. Yeah, and go watch our review. That's what we're. That's going to be the homework for everyone. Just Absolutely, go, go see it. Um, even if you don't watch our review, I would uh, actually. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I would watch the Mandalorian if you're a Star Wars fan. Totally go see it. Yeah, watch it. Get Disney Plus. Bite the bullet. Do it for one month if you need to. Well, and there's a there's a one week free trial, so you can catch the first episode and the second episode is coming out Friday. Uh, so you've got a couple episodes there to really figure out whether or not you want to invest in this. It's uh, what is it? Six bucks? Six bucks a month? Six ninety nine. Yeah, seven bucks total for a month. Or you could be like me and get the twelve ninety nine bundle Ooh, yeah. with hulu and espn plus yeah i'm mostly doing it for espn plus but now i could get hulu and hulu. i can have my parents hulu hulu whatever yeah hulu hoop i'm gonna have my parents download the hulu hoop app and they could go watch it sounds good yeah all right well that's uh that's been the podcast everyone uh join us next time and please go see that review y'all have a wonderful day Bye.